Welcome back to A Church in the City, a podcast by Downtown Christian Church. We're continuing our series, A Church in the City, with a message from Jamie Grinwis titled, Agents of Change. Let's listen in. So, that God, you know, guys, God, God wants us to be salt and light. Okay, and it takes, it takes a lot. And, um, you know, I'm not usually somebody who's not bold, if you know me, but there are certain situations that I like to be super dignified in, and this is one of them. And so he's, he's definitely, he's definitely uh, challenging me on my areas of dignity lately. This has been the big thing that he's just been working with me on is, you know, that whole like verse, like I'll become more undignified than this, you know? And to me, that's, that's my heart. I want to be a worshiper just like David was, who's the one who said that while he was dancing in his underwear around the ark and his own wife had turned on him and was, you know, saying that he was an embarrassment. He was like, I don't really care. So, um, so that's what we're talking about today, salt and light, being agents of change in the world everywhere we go. We're talking about, we've been doing a series on being a church in action. We're no longer, we've all agreed, whether you put your hat in that ring or not, you agreed by showing up to say that I'm gonna be a part of the church that's, that's moving forward, that's impacting my family, my city, my workplace, this, this nation, the globe, through the things that I do every single day. Those are the words that God keeps saying to me over and over again. Jamie, every single day. And I'm like, whew, that seems like a lot. <laughs> You know, um, so I just want to kind of talk through some of these things, just some of the stuff that the Lord was taking me through. I, when, when I first uh, saw my name next to this subject, I was like, oh, this is easy. I've taught this before. You know, we just go into our situations and we just believe for big things. And God's like, no, I want to get a little more personal. So I thought, oh, that's interesting. So I started kind of looking up scriptures and, you know, I always think about like, this sounds so stupid. I always think about Jesus, right? <laughs> so anytime we need an example, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to look at the life of Jesus. And I thought to myself, wow, Jesus was salt and light. You know, everywhere he went, he's setting people free. He's healing the sick. He's raising the dead. He was salt and light. And the father was like, Jamie, it's more. It's more than that. And I'm like, what? What? So I just started kind of diving into any of these scriptures that reference salt and light and thinking of the perspective of Jesus and when he walked and when he talked and what he shared and what was leading up to him saying, you are salt, you are light. What was leading up to those moments? What was he talking about before he was saying, Where everywhere, everywhere you go, you're gonna, you're gonna add zest. That's one of the things that Webster talks about with salt. It, it, it has zest. It, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that brings, like, it's savory, right? It changes things. And it's the same with light. Like, light has no argument, it just is. It, it's something that exists, darkness does not exist in it. It's light, it's shown, it can't be denied. It's, it's there, it's presence, it's, it, it, there's no changing it. You can't change what it is. In fact, it changes what, what's around it and what's going on. And so I just kind of kept thinking through those things and I'm like, okay, what are ways that Jesus was doing that when he was with us? What are the things that he talked about? What, is, what, what was he trying to share? What was he stirring in their hearts? What was he, what was he encouraging them in? What was he sharing with them? And 
I got to tell you, it was some it was some pretty convicting research for for me. And maybe you guys have gotten to a place to where you've already overcome all of this. So if that's the case, then bear with me. Maybe this is just for me and, you know, one other person or something, which is fine. But, you know, one of the, one of the places that Jesus starts talking to his disciples about being salt and light is when he's um, giving the Sermon on the Mount, which is a pretty famous, you know, section of scripture, right? We, we all know that. Blessed are the weak. Or, nope. Blessed are the meek. <laughs> That's one of them. The meek, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers. These are the things that Jesus is sharing with them. And he's talking to them about, about their posture and their position in the kingdom and, and how, to, how to live in their culture, being merciful, being people who are meek, being people who are pure, being peacemakers. He's talking to them about whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, he's talking to them about their behavior. He's talking to them about how they are acting in their community, how they are living their lives. And again, when I'm sharing these things, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not talking about your behavior, your actions, your works, any of that to do with your salvation. I'm talking about the fact that since we are saved, this is how we live. Okay? So that's what I just want to make sure that that's a very clear distinction I'm not trying to take you down someplace that you can earn something or lose something or any of that. I'm talking about your reaction to the fact that you're saved and how we live and how we move and how we have our being. So he's taking them through that. He's talking about their actions. He's talking about their obedience. He's talking about them being kingdom people. And he says, you are the salt of the earth. This is after he's talking about their works and their behavior and their treatment of others and the way that they, they live in their community and the way that they create culture. He says, you're the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown and trampled under feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light up a lamp and put it under a basket or under a stand. It's in the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who's in heaven. This is so convicting to me. This is so challenging to me. There are so many things just even in Matthew to where I'm like, wow, I'm not a very, I'm not a very peaceful person. That's not something that I am, that's not something that I am shining light about. <laughs> that's not always my MO. If you know me, I can cause a bit of a ruckus sometimes if I don't like something or if I don't agree with something or, you know, you're going to know about it. That's just how it is. Yet... <laughs> Yet, <laughs> yet Jesus is calling us to live this life that, that our evidence, right? We sang this morning about the evidence of him in our life. What about, what about that outward evidence that's coming out as, as a result of my partnership with him? That evidence that's coming out where I'm kind to people when they're not kind to me. That evidence that comes out that I'm generous when people are stingy with me. That, these are the evidence that, I'll, that I'm willing to mourn with people. I'm not harsh when someone's hurting, when someone's lonely, when someone's afraid. This is the evidence of the spirit that lives inside of me. And I, I just can't help but look through the life of Jesus and see that he was talking to us more 
about more than just manifestation of miracles and signs and wonders. However, I believe those are incredible parts of the kingdom. I'm not, dis- I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying he wasn't just talking about that. He wasn't just saying, live the way that I live. You're made in my image as a result of you going everywhere and laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. However, that's part of your life and should be part of our everyday life. But also part of our everyday life should be living a life that's noticeable to those that are around us because of how we behave because of how we treat one another, because of how we carry ourselves. So Jesus then, he kind of takes it into other things. He starts talking about, here's the righteousness you know. Uh, Somebody shouldn't kill someone. We all know that, obviously. Don't kill people. Who doesn't know this? Don't kill people. It's not a loving thing to do. But yet he says that he, he's telling his followers to take it to the next level. Don't just not kill people, but if you even think things, if you've got bitterness in your heart, don't, don't just commit adultery. He's saying, I take it further. Don't think thoughts about people you shouldn't think. He's taking it further. He's taking it further and saying, look, we're not just talking about the bare necessities here. It's in your head now. Um, <laughs> And we're not just talking about the bare necessities here. We're literally talking about the root and the overflow of life. We're not talking about a life that's just enough. All of us have been living just enough. And that includes all of the other manifestations that we're always praying about. But we're also living just enough when it comes to the things that God's called us to. We're living just enough. I remember when, when Kevin and I used to do youth ministry. This was always a favorite exercise we would have to where the kids always wanted to know like from a, from a sexual perspective, how close could they get without being in sin? This was always their favorite conversation, right? Especially, especially we, you know, we worked with a lot of youth who were very bold and had no problem talking about things that they liked. And so, so we used to always do this fun thing and say, okay, like let's call this line sin. This line is you know, the life, the life that you are living with God. And then this is the life, you know, in darkness. This is light, this is darkness. Here's the line where you've crossed over into sin. You know, and we would have them like put little things like, okay, where would you call holding hands? Well, obviously that's here, that's fine. How about kissing? Well, maybe that's a little closer, you know? And they would they'd make these little marks on the chart. And then Kevin would always look at him and go, why are you guys trying to get as close to sin as you can? Go toward the light. And I'm always like, oh, I love it. Because they're always like, oh, got me, you know? But this is what we want to do, right? We're trying to figure out how little we can do to still be on the side of a light, but not to really have to inconvenience myself or not to really have to lay down my selfish desires for the sake of caring for someone else or for the sake of my dignity or for the sake of, you know, this little thought that I want to entertain just because I've befriended it or I enjoy it or whatever it may be. But we're going to tamper with it. We're going to play with it so long as I keep so close. And it's like, this is not what Jesus said. Jesus said, I have a better way for you and it's freedom and it's liberty and it's joy and it's peace and it's righteousness and it's life in the Father. And I've called you to live that life so that way everyone around you is looking at you and observing and going, dang, what's going on with Nubin? She's going through some stuff, but she still seems really peaceful and joyful and grounded and happy. I want to know what's going on because I know she's, you know, I'm not, she's not struggling. We just had dinner with them. She's doing great. I'm just saying, (laughs) 
you know, I'm just saying this is what people notice. And if you don't think they do, that's silly. You know people notice. You notice people. You notice where people are at. You notice what's going on. And this is the life that Jesus did. This is the life he had. Yeah, people came to him because they knew that they could get healed. They knew they could be set free. But he was walking in a manner. He was walking in a way. His ministry ended up producing those results, but people were following him based on what they saw inside of him. And that thing, that person that they saw inside of him is in each and every one of us. It's, it's the Holy Spirit. Salt and light, living this life, living a life of being set free, living a life of being set apart, living a life of someone who not only doesn't commit adultery, but doesn't have lustful thoughts because their mind is fixed on Christ is Holy Spirit inspired. He's the one keeping you focused. He's the one scripture says that he calls out Abba, Abba. He's always in your ear saying, hey, this is Jesus. Kevin preached that years ago. I never forget it. This is Jesus. This is what the life of Jesus looks like. This is what I'm inside of you to empower. This is it right here. Freedom, liberty, mercy, peacemaking. This is what I've called you to do. This is what I, I'm inside of you. Befriend me. Join with me. Take my hand. This is the work I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. Take my hand and do it with me. This is not something you've been left to do on your own. This is not something you've been left to discern and figure out. Jesus said, I am leaving and I'm gonna send one as your helper for all of time. You're never gonna be alone. You're never gonna be afraid. He, I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna send the one who is peace. And yet we live in this world that's full of fear and full of trembling and full of chaos. And we sit and we just wanna create this little space inside of our home that we can retreat to. You know, I was just thinking this morning as we were just kind of, Chris was sharing and I was like, man, <laughs> as a leadership team, I think we, we share a lot that we're struggling. And I know, I, I know that's good, like the transparency is good, but I'm like, is this okay? Like, and then I'm like, yes, it's okay. You know why? Because folks, we're in a battle, all of us. But the thing that the Lord was reminding me about this morning is that we're not in a battle because we're losing ground, church. We're in a battle because we're taking ground. And in, 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 in the days of battle, when somebody sets out to battle and they go to take ground, they don't look at this as a negative thing. This is like, I'm going to take something that's mine. I'm going to enter into territory that's mine. And this is what we're called to do is step into that territory and say, I claim this as mine. Is your workplace stressful? Is your workplace full of people who are not, who don't care for people who treat each other poorly? Step in there and take that as your ground. This is my ground. I'm gonna treat people well and I'm gonna infect this culture and I'm gonna do something different because this is my ground. Is your home experiencing chaos? Are your kids living lives that are not of God, not following the Lord? Go in and take that ground because it belongs to you. Take it and go into that battle with a positive perspective, with power because the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And he said, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm moving. Son, daughter, take my hand. Let's go take what's ours. You know, this is his heart. His heart is to call people back to himself. His heart is, is that we are set apart, we're sacred. We talked about this last week. The people of God that we read about in scripture, no one questioned who they were. They called them the people of God. Even heathens, even all of that. They called them the people of God. They knew that they were on the untouchables. That is us. That is us. 
And I believe that God is calling us, Jesus is calling us into this life, into this light that he demonstrated where he was in constant communion with the Father. I I will never stop on that point because this is always where it begins. This is where Jesus' life began. This is where his ministry began. This is how he came into the place of being the son of God. They said from a young boy, they would find him in the temple. They would find him and he would say, I'm, I'm being about my father's business. He was communing, he was learning, he was growing. He, he was not satisfied with, with just enough. He was always pressing into the heart of God, always pressing into more. And that's the demonstration that he gave to us. We wanna operate in miracles and signs and wonders and I believe God has that. I believe God has that for this church, but I believe that the first thing he's saying is the first miracle I want is freedom in your own life. Freedom from pornography, freedom from you know marital issues, freedom from all of these things that we can sit and list off that people are struggling with. Somebody here is struggling with pornography this morning. I'm telling you, God has freedom for you and you're gonna live so set free that you're not even, you're gonna sing at the top of your lungs. I'm telling you, I've been feeling it since Kevin first started singing that song this morning, Freedom, that was not part of our set, that was for you, whoever you are, I don't know who you are, I don't, it's not a big deal, I'm just here to tell you that God has freedom for you, and not just freedom, but like health and life, and it's amazing. Um, so I want to I wanna read this uh, section of scripture here from, uh, there's a couple of them here that I want to read to you guys that, that just have really brought me into, into an incredible time with the Lord. And again, just being challenged and remembering that being people of salt and light are being people that are willing to be convicted, being people that are willing to count the cost when we invest in things, when we move forward. We counted the, cro- the cost when we stepped into this life with Christ. And I think that for myself, I was reminded this week that I forgot about that cost. And I stepped back into a place of kind of, like I said, just trying to do enough. Just enough to, you know, be able to encourage somebody when, when they called me and they're struggling, instead of actually being on the offense and moving into someone's struggle and encouraging them. You know, I mean, just all these kind of little things that the Lord's been talking to me about, about what salt is, and about the fact that salt not doing its job is useless. And not, I'm not calling us useless. I'm just saying you are salt. You don't have to become that. You are it. Just be it. Just do it. Just be light. Be change. Be all of these things. Be willing to step in front of somebody you care about and just be willing to, to say the difficult thing or say the loving thing or, or whatever it may be. Uh, in Philippians 2, this is 12 through 18, if you're uh, jotting down scriptures to get this stuff into your, into your mind. He says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. I love that because it's the father doing the work right? I'm partnering with him. I'm saying yes to him, saying yes to him. And when I'm in communion with him, he's showing me things he's working on both in me and through me. Those two things are always going on in my, when I'm communing with him. Jamie, I want to deal with this thing. I want to deal with this hurt. I want to deal with this frustration. I want to deal with this bondage. I want to deal with whatever it is. And in the midst of that, oh, Jamie, I also want you to reach out and I want you to share that thing you're going with, with so-and-so. 
and those are not places that I'm comfortable with. I want you to expose this thing that you've not been honest about to your husband, or I want you to share with somebody something you're struggling with, or you know these types of things. He's always working in me, and he's always working through me. It goes on in this one, I even have underlined and bolded. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent. Children of God without blemish. In the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among you whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you should be glad and rejoice with me. So this writer is talking about, these are things that people are recognizing in you. People are looking at you. People are watching you. Be this salt and light. He says you are it, so just be it. Be the light that shines, that dispels darkness. Be the light that, that is coming and moving and operating in such a way that people are drawn to it and saying, what is going on? I'm nervous. The closer I get to you, it kind of makes me uncomfortable. But what's going on? There's something different about you. There's something different about you. And what they're seeing and what they're experiencing is that communion with the Father. That's what people were drawn to with Jesus, is that communion with the Father. And in that communion, he's showing you things. He's showing you things. He's showing you things for yourself. He's showing you things for the people around you. If we're willing to sit and willing to be with him like Jesus did. I mean, how often do you see in scripture that he went away and would go be with the Father and he would come back and he would minister and change lives and change the region and do all of these types of things. But yet he still pressed into that. He never said, oh, I'm too busy. I'm too busy in ministry. I don't have time to go meet with God, you know? But yet we read that story, right? Where it talks about the man who invited people to the dinner. And it says that he went and invited his family, the people that were a part of his community. And they were like, nah, dude, I just got married. I'm busy. I can't. This happened. I did some property deal or something. I can't come have dinner with you. And he's like, wait a minute. No, no. And so he called from the highways and the byways. This is, this, is, this is what we're called to. We're called to this communion with the Father, with the Son, with the Spirit, because there are people in your life that are dying, that are afraid, that are scared, that are lonely, that are hurting, that are in bondage. And when, he, when Jesus cried out and said, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, that I may bind up the brokenhearted, set the captive free, you know, speak the, the name of the Lord. That, he was saying this about you. He was saying it about me. The spirit of the Lord is in us. He's upon us. This is what he's called us to do, to be in our community, to take back that ground, to not be a church that gives in to depression and anxiety, but says, no, we have victory over this in Jesus' name. And let me tell you my story of, of depression and anxiety. And let me tell you about how the Holy Spirit walked with me through it and I'm out of it. And let me walk with you in your pain. Let me sit with you in your struggle, but not to sit and stay there, but to be free and to be released and to walk in the newness of life. So that way we can affect this world around us. So in Ephesians, um, if, if you have your Bible or cell phone or whatever people do these days, um, this, is, this is one section of scripture that was really, really powerful to me. Um, I, 
It's kind of long, so hopefully you don't check out on me, but I think it's super powerful. Uh, Ephesians 5. He says, therefore, be imitators of God. To me, this is how we live our life as salt and life, right? This is the life of Jesus. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as proper as is proper among the saints. There should be no filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. If some of this makes you uncomfortable, I'm just reading the text. Let, no, I'm just saying it convicts me too. So let it, let it convict you and let it set you free. Don't let it be bondage. Let it convict you, let it set you free. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That's done through the Holy Spirit. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them because you are light. For it is shameful to even speak of these things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That shining is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time. Because the days are evil, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Again, I love scripture, because he doesn't just say, don't do this, don't do that. He's like, do this. Be full of thanksgiving. Be full of the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always for everything, To God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Think about how different our lives would be if I walked through my life giving thanksgiving, being thankful for the people that frustrate me. How does that change your posture toward people? How does that change your perspective? How does it change your perspective? Kevin was talking the other day, we were um, talking about different things that we invest in that we don't always think of. And he was even talking about that he heard on a podcast once, somebody talking about your taxes are an investment into your government. So we should do these things cheerfully. We're pouring into our government. And what I give is from the Father. So it's gonna have his influence. And I should be doing that by faith, believing it's making a difference. Proclaiming that it's making a difference. Speaking that out and saying that anything that comes out from me is coming out as part, 
partnering with the Holy Spirit, befriending the Holy Spirit, and it's affecting anything. Wherever my money goes, whatever businesses I support, wherever I spend my time, whatever, whoever comes into my home, all of it, it's all subject. I, I say this all the time, I pray over my dog every day, Amen. morning and night, I do. I love him, I'm the only one who does, he's great. <laughs> it's fine. But I literally, I, he sleeps in a crate, I put him in the crate and he literally will put his head down and wait for me to put my hand on top of his cute little stupid head. And, and I pray over him and I say, peace and rest, health and strength in Jesus' name. Because he lives in my house, so he's subject to the kingdom I'm part of. My dog's not, he's never been to the vet, he's never been sick. As a matter of fact, he ran down the stairs once playing a little game of that Kevin invented called Kick the Bone. We have a lot of drywall that needs to be repaired. Um, he went running down the stairs once and literally like came up like screeching because he had hurt his paw. And I was like, no, you're, you're in this kingdom. So I prayed for him and he was fine. And I'm just saying, anywhere you go, you bring kingdom because kingdom is within you. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is, is now and it's in you, and it's in me, and it's the Holy Spirit moving through us everywhere we go has no choice but to be affected by it. Because we're in a battle, but we're in a battle taking ground. It's a battle we chose, and it's a battle we're participating in, and it's a battle that's ours, and it's a battle that's already won from the side of victory. It's a beautiful, beautiful situation. So I do just kind of want to close with a couple of thoughts. Um, Hopefully you felt as encouraged and inspired as I did and just kind of spending some time with the Lord. But one of the things he shared with me is he said, Jamie, the world is dim. The world is longing for light to be shown. Even to the point that I think we have this perspective that we have to kind of like, you know, like Moses put a little bit of the veil up because we're concerned that we're gonna shine too bright on people and they might be uncomfortable. And I really believe that the Lord is saying that the world is crying out for that light and longing for it because they've been stumbling in darkness. People around you have been stumbling in darkness and they're sick of it and they're frustrated with it. If our power goes out, I'm irritated in like two and a half minutes. And I know my house and I know what's there and I know what's going on, but it frustrates me because I can't see things, it slows me down. Think about that. Think about your life being, you, we all were in darkness and now we're a part of light and we know freedom's available and we know truth is available and we know all of these types of things and people are still in that darkness around us and they're frustrated and they're sick of it and they're sick of bad leadership and they're sick of nobody inspiring them and they're sick of the same day repeating every single day and they're longing for something different and they're so thirsty that they'll climb, they'll crawl through the desert and they'll drink the sand just because somebody told them it was water. They don't care. They just want something to quench that thirst. And it's my job and it's your job to quench that thirst. And it's your job to bring the kingdom. And it's your job to be that influence. Jesus said in Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And he showed us what that meant. He walked with his disciples. He shared with them. He encouraged them. He talked about all the things that we talked about this morning. This is the life, this is the standard that was set before you. I set this standard. This is where I set my standard. This is where I put fix my prize because your eye is on the prize. And that's what Jesus said. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always 
to the end of the age. He talks in Acts, he talks in Mark about the fact that we're called to go. And he also says, when you go, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about what you're going to say. You don't have to worry about what you're going to do. The Holy Spirit's resident inside of you. And he's already there on a mission. And it's fulfilling and it's amazing and it's liberating for you and for those that are around you. So just as when light first came into your darkness, someone shined it. Someone, someone came in and shined light in your darkness and said, be free. And so we're called to show up on the scene and to say, look, I, I'm here. I know you've been a captive this, of this land, but this is actually the father's land. So let me help you. Come on with me. You're free. You're free now. You're free. And so that's what we're called to do. Salt and light called to be agents of change, empowered by the Holy Spirit, fighting the battle. Amen. If you would like to learn more about DCC, join a small group, or give to support us, you can find us at achurchinthecity.org. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Downtown Christian Church for Sunday morning set lists, news from DCC, and more. You can also join us live on YouTube every Sunday morning for worship and teaching. Thanks for listening.